Okay, here we are. Um, it doesn't suck where we're at. We're doesn't in Palm Beach right now. It is Monday, November 13th. Today we're talking about UAW updates aren't quite over. Uh, some EV stuff and the flying fanciness. <laughs> it ain't so fancy, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Flying ain't so fancy anymore. Well, we have been on a, a pretty – actually, we can call it a cross-country blitz. I'm telling you what. The last – in the last 72 hours, we have been together in Phoenix, Arizona, and now here we are in Palm Florida. Beach, Florida. We both went to our respective states in the middle I, of it. I stopped at Nashville <laughs> for, for a moment there. I, I got a little tour in Cincinnati. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, I mean, it's just pretty indicative of the auto industry moving around. It's just a little bit of a busy season, which yep. is cool because we've been with several different groups of dealers and seven different, uh, we'll call them micro communities. I mean, if 2 yeah. million people, greater automotive, 300 people would be a micro community. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but use car week, 1500 here at MRC. How many people you think? A few hundred. A few yeah, hundred. I think it's a little over 300. And, and yep. it's just really fun and encouraging to see the variety of dealers and hear the variety of conversations. They're very different between here and use car week. Yeah, they are very different. And, and the conversations that I've been having, um, with industry partners and dealers the last day and a half since I've been here, have been like, I mean, nerdy data and the the things that people are trying right now here at MRC are things that like three years ago you would if you would have told someone this group of people is trying this or is about to try this, no one would have believed you. Yeah. And and so it's really encouraging. And then, you know, just some of the like insights on the way that the industry is because kind of like marketers mm -hmm. see things typically a little bit before they happen. Yep. Uh, like in the showroom yeah. because of like the traffic and things like that. It's been really cool to grab those insights. Well, you know, we want to thank Brian Pash and Glenn Pash and uh, PCG for inviting us out and having us be a part of the event. Um, always great to be with them and the community they built here. It's a real community. And we just saw some amazing uh, keynotes yesterday. Alan Crutch from Fuse. Literally. Full professional. I will say he blew the doors off the place, yeah. but it was so low key. Like his, his manner of – it's literally you feel like you're at a dinner conversation. Yeah, with Alan and, and every few minutes he just gives you this little levity and everybody in the room laughs. Yeah, master class. Uh, the thing that I loved about his conversation I want to talk about a minute is, you know, I, I've said in the past like people process technology and then he said environment, like where yeah, people are at. And I never thought of it that deeply. Like the, the way that your people are engaged in the space that they're – working in yeah actually means a lot to their ability to serve customers yeah and so i'm I, i'm glad he challenged the room with that. he did and you know it's a constant you know as an entrepreneur having you know experience across a lot of businesses right you and i have had the experience of seeing that played out and understand like the legit fight that it is every day yeah. to Try your best in the midst of the hustle and bustle to provide a place where your people understand what's going on and feel like they're firing in the right direction. And it's not it's not always uh, like it's like a like a professional fo like football league. Yeah, it's not always a winning scenario. No, not at right? all. Yeah. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and the margin between winning and losing is it's often this much. This yes. much, like when you have games where like the Jets can beat the Eagles. Yeah. Right. Why? Because they're both pro ball teams. Exactly. Right. And so sometimes the margin between people feeling like they're in an environment where they can run or in an environment where they have some hindrances is like this. this so much. It's yeah. it, it got me yesterday. Uh, and I was, I was fired like, up. it's truth, man. It's the <laughs> truth. Uh, we have some news to talk about today. Uh, first, get we into have it. um. 
We have a oh, web another webinar coming up Thursday. This one's going to be dialed in. Zach Hendricks with Invoca talking about revolutionizing phone call management. And if you don't know what Invoca is doing or you don't know who Zach Hendricks is, you're definitely going to want to check it out. You can go to asodu.com right now. Scroll down just a little bit. Register for the webinar. If you can't make it live, you can watch the recording after that. But Zach is so smart. Like the first time I met Zach, ah. Uh, well, I don't have time for the story, but the first time I met Zach, I was just like, this guy is thinking at a different level. And he brings that to every company that he's been with that I've known him with. And um, so I can't wait to, to share with him. And uh, this is, uh, as a reminder, our quick shot webinar. So 20, 30 minutes, you're in and you're it. out. You wish it was actually longer, which is the best way to leave a webinar. Yeah. Because exactly. you know how usually we leave a webinar. Tired, which is exhausted, at least annoyed. 20 minutes in where it's on the background noise and your desk and deals wah, and your wah, answer wah, wah, thing. Wah, not, not that it's kind of webinar. So I uh, hope you join us on Thursday for that. Uh, let's get into some news. So here, this, do we don't have the trigger pads with us today, but if we did, Nathan on the production <laughs> side is like, I got your back. Um, in a potential turn of events, Ford's conduct Kentucky production workers voted against against the proposed UAW contract while the skilled production or the skilled trade workers voted for it. So production line workers voted against it. Skilled labor voted for it. So 55% of their production workers voted against it while 69% of the skilled workers voted for it. So if you're following the math, you add all those together, we're assuming there are more production workers than skilled workers. It's feeling a little bit too close. This vote casting doubt on the ability for the UAW to actually get the contract ratified and get us out of this whole mess we've been in for the last uh, few months here. Um, so far, overall, 71% um, of the votes across Ford have gone toward ratifying the contract. However, there are a few. There's always a however, right? A however. The Dearborn, Michigan truck plant. Uh, has yet to vote on some of the other really big votes. So I don't know. It's feeling like a lot of like uh, news yeah. drama. This is like, this is like, you know, uh, the South Dakota votes are in, but the Virginia, Florida, and California votes aren't in yet. You know what I mean? That's kind of where we're at right now. <laughs> so we're not that extreme, but yes, yeah, it's not that like, extreme. It's a great, everything's in, but we have to hear from them. But we have to hear from them. So, yeah. the, you know, I don't think all hope is lost, but it, it is, I'm surprised at how like, how separated it is and that there isn't that much of there, there's not like just wholesale adoption because by the uaw standards they kind of won yeah and and so like there's there's still this how huh, maybe not so we'll, we'll keep you updated on it there's not much to talk about yes. other than it's an interesting part fact of like what's happening so far. it is um going on to another interesting uh story here about a company called Foxconn, you may or may not know them. Um, you definitely, they're a part of your regular life because they are the manufacturing company that Apple uses to manufacture iPhones. Um, so they basically are aiming to reshape the EV manufacturing. We've heard a little bit about this, but there's a Foxconn affiliate led by a guy named Jack Cheng um, who is looking to implement an outsourcing model to EV production that he believes can significantly lower EV production costs wow. like they did with phones, like they did with laptops, like they did with PS5s. So his strategy involves outsourcing production, um, contrasting with what the usual thing is, is like one company stamping out parts, right? Making everything in one place. He's like, no, no, no. We understand how to get other people to do it and yes. all come together. Um, so there's been some other expansions in the EV space that you may or may not know of. Tesla, their supplier for Tesla. They also... Um, 
manufactured Lordstown Motors vehicles before Lordstown went bankrupt. They were running the assembly plant in Ohio. They also have a lot of capacity across India um, and facilities already up and running. Asia, India, they have this one in Ohio. And so basically, um, Cheng points out the disparity in pricing, right, between Chinese EVs and used EVs. And he says, and he quotes, the world is wasting too much time tooling the same parts and losing money. It doesn't make sense. What I learned in China over the last 20 years I can replicate that. Look, here's the Sounds thing. Sounds like confidence. Here's the thing. This, without a doubt, has to be the way, right? Because we are seeing that the Chinese manufacturers are manufacturing these vehicles for significantly less than what is happening on U.S. soil. And with partnerships like Tesla, you see how they're getting it done. You see how like other, like other, the phones that, that Foxconn is, is creating, how they've figured out how to reduce the price and create volume. Um, so it's a big deal. It's a, it's a massive deal. And I was telling you this morning right now, currently, because we're seeing EV adoption wane at extremely rapid rates. Um, actually I love, I love coming to MRC because last year we were talking about like Toyota or, or Tesla loyalty after Amber, she was like, ah, actually Toyota loyalty. And then this year she last night was at dinner with her and a few other people and she was saying, no, the, the, the crazy thing is nobody's talking about at how much of a cliff right, the right. Talking EV about adoption off. is falling off. But right the now. real, real-time data is showing it's like way it's just more like substantial. Dropping off a cliff. Which yeah. is the way they're going to get people back is yep. by throwing bigger piles of cash. Right? It already seems like it's getting pretty reasonable now, these EV leases. Oh, yeah. But imagine when there's another 2500 or 3500 going into a lease. And this is kind of the problem that is solved by affordability or we think we think could be because if you make it cheap enough people are going to try they're going to at least try there's still an education gap right and 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 i think it's up to dealers and oems to fill the education gap into the next subset of people that would potentially be in the adoption curve but that gets a lot easier when affordability isn't one of the questions you're willing i mean we're willing to take a lot of risks when the price is right infrastructure is going to start catching up the further we get into it there was another story about um a study that showed that EV owners drive significantly less miles than ICE vehicle owners. I saw that. Again, indicating that like there is a certain lifestyle segment where people are willing to try an EV where probably the owner... It's a third vehicle in the garage. And so that's why they're driving it less too. Yes. Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously pricing affordability, we'll see real-time data on the ground according to dinner at the Italian restaurant last night says (laughs) that the EV cliff is a they, lot steeper than most people were thinking. And there's a lot of work to do to get it to get it right-sided. So. Uh, speaking of doing some work to get things right-sided. Whoa. Segway. All right. So it seems like flying for a lot of people actually isn't getting more delightful, which, you know, only 30,000 feet over the, the ground should <laughs> feel some sort of delight. Uh, but complaints against airlines in the first half of the year in the U.S., and sp- particularly in the first quarter, uh, surged to t- just under 25,000 uh, with a notable increase in issues related to accessibility. So here's the data. Um, in the first quarter of 2023, airline complaints in the ro- U.S. rose 88% compared to the same time in 2022. So like, people are now real frustrated. Here's the other thing. Complaints continue to increase in April and May with a 32% and a 49% rise in complaints. And that's only to the Department of Transportation. So that's not direct to the airline. Complaints about what did it say? So there was a few things. One is uh, just like 
general flight times or cancellations. Uh, but then there was a lot of complaints. Actually, they, they doubled in accessibility. So like access to wheelchairs, getting on and off the plane, yep. you know, uh, like how that, that customer base is getting served. Um, so I think, well, and, and you and I know, like we're flying all the time at this point and it's getting harder and harder because there's so many people coming back to fly. It does seem like it's often kind of a, I don't know, a rigmarole might be the right word uh, between booking, expensive flights, just moving parts around. Now, I I have the impression that I feel like it's getting better. And I don't know if I've just been used to it being so bad. Like, I wonder if part of the, the rise in complaint is the fact that like there the pass is gone now. Right. Like everyone kind of gave the airlines a pass or most businesses a pass as COVID era things That's are right. phasing out. And now that it's like, you know what? Now I actually expect better service. I expect better accessibility. I expect attentiveness. Um, so this is an interesting one. I think it. I think it's a combination of more people going back and also people being willing to tolerate less and being like, you know what? I'm going to say something about it. Yep. Uh, we just had a really uh, nice flight. Uh, I brought the family to Palm Beach for this. And um, we were getting on an American Airlines flight, and we had little four-year-old Jaden. And the flight attendant on my way in looked down and saw the little guy and was like, does he want to meet the pilots? Oh, man. I was like, I know dad wants to meet the pilots. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> he, like, me? Because he just turned four, so he's not really like in that he mode. Like, yeah, yeah. He was a year older. But we're like, yeah. And so we went up to the cockpit. Both pilots were all smiles. One of the pilots got out of his seat and asked oh, Jaden if man. he wanted to sit in the seat. He didn't because he was too shy. I wanted to sit in the seat, but I felt weird asking, <laughs> so I didn't. Um, but then we just got this beautiful little picture. I posted it on LinkedIn of Jaden being all shy and two pilots just smiling. And I felt like there was some magic yeah. back in flying for a minute. Well, you know, I, I will say, like, and historically, Southwest has been known for their flight attendants yep. having kind of that kind of joking yeah, personality we, about him. Yeah. But I'm starting to notice that in, you know, I sit in the exit row a lot. Yep. Like I, I got long legs yeah. and I'm starting to even notice that they come forward and they're like, Hey y'all, you're in an exit row. You sure you're going to take care of this? Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And they just kind of, so I appreciate there's a lot of flight attendants in other, in other. So, you know, it's like at this point, you know, obviously there's more, but the anecdotal evidence in our state is there's there's really it's good to fly and it's fun to fly. Wow. Uh, and but you know, hey, this is this points to you can never be satisfied for listening to with listening to your customer and serving them in the in the greatest way, having radical hospitality at every single move, um, and and putting the customer first. Like Alan Crutch said, Come the customer back. Said, oh, man, like if you missed Alan Crutch's, just call him. Because he'll tell you all about he it. He will. He will. Roll the outro music. That kind of comes back around to the first thing, we, or one of the first things we were talking about. Like you said, environment for the people that work there. So yes. whatever you're doing, craft your environment for the people that work around you. Serve somebody. Love some people more than you love cars. We're going to head back in and talk to some dealers.